Turn with me to the book of Ephesians, will you? We're finishing up a series on uh, the full armor of God today. Ephesians chapter 6. We've, we've shared messages, and I, I want to say thanks to Jeremy and Matt for filling in for me. And it's not even really filling in. They just stepped right in and continued on in the series while I was taking some time off with the family. Glad uh, to be here, though. I'm glad to be back. Glad to be preaching today. Uh, yesterday, it was, a, it was a pretty amazing uh, day in that we celebrated my, my daughter Tate's uh, high school graduation. We had a little party thing there. And, and, um, uh, and yeah, so, so, we're, so we're, we're, we're very, very end of the, the thing. Um, her fourth grade teacher comes in. Fourth grade teacher. Now, this happens to be not just any old fourth grade teacher. This is like one of our family favorite fourth grade teachers. I mean, this just, she, he was a, he's a believer. He's a, he, he, I shouldn't say he was, he still is. Uh, but a follower of Christ, but just a tremendous teacher, great teacher. And, I, and I'll never forget one day when Tate come home, came home and, and she shared the story with us of what happened in school. It was about the time, I think it was Sandy Hook, um, out in, was it Connecticut or out, out on the East Coast where there's a school shooting? And uh, instantly, of course, all of us were, if you had kids in school at that point, uh, just like anytime something like that happens, you're instantly thinking, what if that was my kid? What if that was our school? And so at, at some point in there, um, her teacher, fourth grade teacher, shared, uh, we were talking about this story yesterday, shared, okay, kids, this is what we're going to do. If, if, there's, if there's something like this that happens, I just want you to know this is, this is what, how we're going to take it, and this is how we're going to deal with it, and share some specifics and some things, and just to try to calm the nerves of the kids. And pro, He's processing. He's, he did it wisely, did it well. And then after a while, at some point, he asked, he said, um, does anyone have any other thoughts about what could we do if there was a shooter, someone came in, to, and, and there, I could just see her do this. I don't want to embarrass you, Tate, so I'm not even going to look over there. But I, I could just see Tate, this is like, Little fourth grade Tate, just raise her hand. Maybe we should pray. Yeah, it's my kid. And even better, even better, the teacher said, "Yeah, we should. Let's pray." Closed his eyes and began to pray right there in the classroom. Do you know why? As a believer, he knew the battle doesn't just start with the baseball bat hidden behind the file cabinet that he said he would beat the guy with. The battle starts in prayer. And when you and I feel like there's nothing we can do, it's a lie from the pit of hell because there's always something we can do because we battle not the way the world battles, right? We battle on our knees. We sang about it today, amen? Prayer. When we pray, God hears. And I, I'm just going to tell you right now, it's not a matter of whether there's a spiritual battle going on right now. That's not the question. The question is, are you engaged? And I believe today that God sent you here, sent me here to tell you, wake up, get engaged. We must engage in this spiritual battle for your family, for your soul, for your future, for your community, for your county for your state and for your nation and for your world. We must engage. Many of you have engaged. You're still, even right now, in the past six months in our own community, it's been interesting to watch these little fires just begin to pop up. Spiritual warfare, spiritual battles. And we're just trying to do what we can to be a part and to speak it truth into those things with love. But one of the challenges is how do, how do you speak truth and love? How do you, how do you share if, if we just stand back, how is it loving 
to let a whole community make decisions that are going to go the direction of hell. We can't stand by and just let decisions be made in our community, in our area, and just let it happen. Just say, well, I hope somebody does something when God says, it's you. It's like the old guy who prayed in the prayer meeting every week after week after week after week. Oh, Lord, touch the unsaved with thy finger. Every week, the old guy would say, oh, Lord, touch the unsaved with thy finger. And one week, as they're in the prayer meeting, they noticed the old guy wasn't praying. He was just kind of sitting there with a stunned look on his face. And they went over to him and said, what's going on? He said, I felt like the Lord said, thou art the finger. You are the finger. <laughs> There's a battle waging. There's a war going on. We can always pray. Prayer is the battle. So the Apostle Paul, writing to the Ephesians, right? He's in prison. He's in prison. It's, it's house arrest. And you know what he says in, in uh, all throughout Ephesians, he talks about praying. But Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14, For this reason I kneel before the Father. I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you. Verse uh, 17, So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, even in the midst of prison, Right now, some of you are facing situations that are like, I have no idea what I can do. Listen, I'm all about prayer, and I'm all about action. We need both. But if all we're doing is acting, and there's no prayer, if, all, if it's all action, and we haven't undergirded that with prayer, and ask the Lord to lead us, guide us, and following His direction, it's not going to be effective. If all we do is pray, and as believers, there's never any action. There's never any living it out. We're missing it there too. It's both and. But there are times when you and I both know we don't know what to do. We don't have, that's, that was really the start of this whole series. Is a conversation where we talked about, I don't think there's anything we can do. And I got so convicted of that because there's always something we can do. Did I wake you up there? There's always something we can do. We can always pray. Paul understood that. Imprisoned Paul, he's praying because he knew that there's something that he can do. He can intercede. He, he said later on in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, for though we live in the world, we don't wage war as the world, the, the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments. We demolish them. Does that sound kind of like fruity, flight, and just kind of, just well, let's just all get together for prayer. Come on. No, let's pray. Let's go to war. Let's stand up against the enemy's schemes. Let's stand. Take our stand. They have divine power to demolish strongholds. Verse 5, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of our God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. That's where we're at in Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you've done everything, to stand, stand firm. That's what we're talking about. And then you get to verse 18. Jump down to verse 18. He goes through all the, the spiritual, uh, um, the, the, the armor in verse 18. And 
Pray in the Spirit. By the way, if you missed any of this series where we talked about each one of the pieces of armor, I encourage you to go back and listen to it. But pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert. Always keep on praying for all the saints. I know I don't have to tell you this. You already know this, but let me just remind you. Prayer is nothing new to the church. In the Old Testament, they prayed. In the New Testament, they prayed. The New Testament believers say, Jesus, I mean, how many of you know the Lord's Prayer? Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And I just want to throw out there, there's only one college football team that says that before every football game. I just, it's not Michigan, it's not Michigan State, it's not Ohio State, Purdue, Notre Dame, but just throwing it out there, just <clears throat> cheer, cheer for old Notre Dame. I'm not sure it plays out in many of their lives, but I just want to throw it out there. But before, now back to the, 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 the message. Before, before you even get to the Lord's Prayer, catch this. Before you even get to the Lord's Prayer, why did Jesus teach them? Hey, when you pray, pray like this. Because they asked him. And they saw that when Jesus went away for times of prayer, when Jesus pulled back, where's Jesus? Oh, he's praying. They understood that's where the power was. When he talked to his father, Jesus gained power. He got it. He under, something happened. Yes, rabbis, teachers of the day, they would often teach their, their followers, this is how I pray, now come, pray this way. But there was something. To, they never asked him, teach us to preach. They never said, Jesus, teach us to clothe the naked and feed the poor. Those are all important things. They said, Jesus, teach us to pray. Because there's something powerful. Jesus knew how to pray. Do you know the New Testament church? You know this. They prayed. Look even just at the evidence of the book of Acts. In Acts chapter 2, uh, Acts 2.42, and they devoted themselves to the apostles' doctrine, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and prayer. Acts chapter 3, Peter and John on their way to prayer. Um, uh, this when they healed the, 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 the lame man. In Acts chapter 6, there was, there was this issue where some of the widows were being uh, passed over for food. It's a, an important thing. Something needs to take place here. And so they said, well, let's put some people in charge of this so those of us who are given to preaching and teaching and, and we can have more time for prayer and study of the word. It's, it was for prayer that decision was made. In Acts chapter 10, Cornelius, it says, prayed to God regularly. Later on in Acts chapter 10, Peter went up on the roof to pray. In Acts chapter 16, Paul, Silas, and Timothy, and the other disciples were looking for a place to pray when they led Lydia to Jesus. Later on in Acts chapter 16, they were on their way to the place of prayer when they met the demonized girl. Over and over and over and over again they prayed, they prayed, they prayed. Listen, I'm not, I'm not trying to condemn anyone today. You Hear me today. I, I'm not trying to hit you over the head and say, if you're not praying, then you're a loser. I'm just saying, if you're not praying, you're missing out. There is something powerful when we pray to God and we trust Him and we put it. We talked about it um, uh, before service. Rodney and I were talking about just the mustard seed, the simple faith, just the simple faith that we can have. Mustard size, seed size of faith. God can move mountains with that. Now grab the notes in the back of your seat there in front of you, would you? Now I had a real hard time fitting everything on a half sheet. So I just took out a good chunk of everything I'm talking to you right now because I wanted to make sure we had room for what's on the back and the discussion questions for those of you who have life group tonight or this week. 
But somewhere on there, you might just jot this down, grab the pen, and you can fill this wherever you can find some white space. I encourage you. What is prayer? Well, let me just tell you, at its simplest, prayer is communicating with God. Write that down if you have some white space you can fill in. What is prayer? Prayer is simply communicating with God, meaning it's talking with the Lord, laying my heart out before him, and waiting and trusting that he's going to speak back. So, God didn't create prayer to be a burden. He created it to take the burden off. You got that? Some of you, I say this often, but let me just say this again. Maybe you were discipled and you are mentored. You got to pray for this. You got to do this. You got to do this. And prayer became a labor. For some of you, you, you beat yourself up too, too much because you're like, I know I should pray, but I just, I'm not very good at it. I just, I end up falling asleep. I end up texting somebody. Or I, I, I. Listen, let me just encourage you today. Let prayer just be that communication that you have with God. And God created prayer not to be a burden, but to take the burden off of you. And as we go into battle every day, we need this communion with the Lord. Am I right? We need that communion. We need that connection with the, with the Lord. We need that burden to be lifted, all of us need that. And so as, as we get back to our text, the Apostle Paul, the Apostle Paul, he says, pray in the Spirit. The Apostle Paul, the Apostle Paul, the dude who, when Eutychus fell out of the second story window, what's Paul do? Uh, someone called the undertaker. <laughs> no, he lays on top of him. The guy comes back to life. This is the Apostle Paul. Who it says, the Bible says there's handkerchiefs that were on him, near him, whatever. And they would take those handkerchiefs and they'd lay them on other people and they would be healed. Just the power of God. This is a man who understood spiritual battle. One time, the Bible says he was shipwrecked, washed ashore on Lystra. He was, it was raining. It was cold. He builds a fire. And at some point, as he's building this fire, he must not have seen there's a snake. Because if he saw that there was a viper in there, I'm sure he would have run and done everything the rest of us would have done. But he's like, and that viper attached itself to his arm. What does he do? When everyone else is like, whoa, this guy's good as dead. What does he do? He shakes it off. This is the Apostle Paul. Who, when the Jews tried to silence him, they beat him, they stoned him, they drug him out of the city, they dumped his body, they walked away. And you know what the very next verse says? Paul got up and went back into town, went back into that city. That's who we're talking about here. If there's anyone under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit that I want to listen to about spiritual warfare, spiritual battle, this is the guy. And he says, listen, Above all, and, and, uh, and listen, verse 18, and pray in the Spirit. If we want to be effective in spiritual warfare, we must remember to pray in the Spirit. What does this mean? The word Spirit there in the NIV, it, notice it's a capital S if you have an NIV. And what that points to is the fact is this isn't just like, boy, that Matt, he just has such a sweet spirit. Isn't he just a sweet guy? I'm just teasing you. He's really not very, you know. I mean, you know, just, just in, in that sense, you're talking about a spirit, like an aura around that person. You know, they're just, they have a sweet, they have a kind spirit. They have, not, not this. This is talking straight up Holy Spirit here. 
This is straight up, uh, and, and um, when Jesus told the woman at the well, there's coming a day when you're going to worship God in spirit, Holy Spirit and truth. This is Holy Spirit here. What does this mean? Jude, later on in the New Testament, um, the book of Jude says it this way, 120, but you, dear friends, build yourselves up in the most holy faith and pray in the Holy Spirit. What does this mean? Let me just toss this out to you and then give a quick definition and then we're going to close with some time of prayer. Yeah, it's going to be a really short message, I promise. So it's, it's a simple definition. Maybe jot this in the white space as well. I would say praying in the Spirit, pray in the Spirit. I would say it means to pray by the leading, the power, and the will of the Holy Spirit. The leading, the power, and the will of the Holy Spirit. Let me, let me teach you just real quick couple things about how the Holy Spirit helps you in prayer. If you're, if you're sitting here saying, man, I, I have a hard time praying. I have a hard time really focused. I have a hard time with prayer. As, as a, this message right now, I just want you to know something. The Holy Spirit is here to help you to pray. In, in fact, that's, that's the first point I want to make here. The Holy Spirit helps us in prayer. Romans chapter 8, verse 26. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We don't know what we ought to pray for. Have you ever been there? I think we've all been there. I don't even know what to pray. I don't even know how to pray. Well, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We don't know what we ought to pray, but the Spirit himself, get this, intercedes for us through wordless groans, through groans that we can't even understand. Scripture says Jesus, switch gears here, Jesus is at the right hand of the Father, ever interceding on our behalf. And this verse seems to point that the Holy Spirit is on the inside of us, ever interceding for us, helping us. Do you realize that? What a benefit, what a blessing we have that the Holy Spirit is leading us. Here's the second thing. The Holy Spirit prays on our behalf, and he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for the saints in accordance with God's will. Now, I don't admit to completely understand all this. I just want, want to tell you that right now. But Scripture here points to the fact that the Holy Spirit is praying and interceding on our behalf. What an amazing thing. Let's move on. The Holy Spirit, third thing, the Holy Spirit makes God accessible. Think about this. Ephesians 2.18. Now, all of us can come to the Father through the same Holy Spirit because of what Christ has done for us. Now, it may not be that big of an, an issue, but let me just make sure you understand this. Because of what Jesus Christ did for us on the cross, he took care of it, and the Holy Spirit delivers it. The Holy Spirit is the one, the Holy Spirit, because of what Christ has done for us. The, the, not all of us can come to the Father. The Holy Spirit is the one that allows us to come to the Father with our prayers. He's the one that functions that way. Because of what Jesus did on the cross and when he died and rose again. A side note, this is a perfect example of why we believe in the traditional doctrine of the Trinity. Because right here, you see the Father, you see the Son, and you see the Holy Spirit. All people have direct access to God through, through Christ by the means of the Holy Spirit. And so uh, that's awesome, the Holy Spirit's there. Let me just throw out one more thing. The Holy Spirit gives us confidence when we pray. So uh, Romans 8, 15 says, So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Abba, Father, for a spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. 
Galatians 4, 6. And because we are his children, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, prompting us to call out, Abba, Father. As we, as we think about spiritual warfare, as we think about the full armor of God, I just want to tell you this. Get this. I believe it's prayer that activates that warfare. It's prayer that activates each piece of that armor. As we pray that over our lives, as we trust God for this, all of these things are happening around us. And, and, and the Apostle Paul says, pray in the Spirit. Let me just toss in one more thing. Because it, 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 would, it would have just been just understood at this point. It would have just been understood that praying in the Spirit included what we see in the book of Acts. Now, we talked about this several weeks ago, and we've talked about it several times since. But do you remember the pattern we see in the book of Acts? They repented. They were water baptized, which, by the way, if you've never been water baptized, you need to sign up. Get signed up. Next Sunday, we're going to water baptize people. We want you in the tank. Okay. So they repented. They got water baptized. And then we see this. They sought the anointing, the baptism, and the Holy Spirit for the endowment of power so they could serve under the power of the Holy Spirit. And when you look in the book of Acts, just look. In fact, if you go all the way back to the Old Testament, follow me here, I, I, follow me. When you go back to the Old Testament, when the Holy Spirit came on specific people, you know what happened? Most of the time they prophesied. Sometimes it was through song. This is the Old Testament. Sometimes it was through song. Sometimes it was just a prophetic word. But when the Holy Spirit came on them, they prophesied. This, is, this isn't anything new. And so you get to the New Testament. And what do you see? Look, look in Acts chapter 2. Look in Acts chapter 8. Look in Acts chapter 10. Look in Acts chapter 19. When that anointing that we talked about a couple weeks ago, Jesus said that uh, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to, and then he says what he is anointed to do. We want that move and that same anointing. We can. It's ours to have. We just need to ask, God, come. Would you anoint me with your Holy Spirit? Baptize me in your Holy Spirit. And as you look at the pattern in the book of Acts, what happens? Well, one of the things you see is that sometimes they did prophesy. You see them going and ministering with great boldness. You see all kinds of, but one of the things you see every single time in those passages I shared with you is there was a prophetic speech that happened. There's prophetic speech, prophetic speech, prophetic. What are you talking about? I'm talking about praying in tongues. And I know for some of you, it's just kind of out there. It's new to you. You're just not sure. I didn't grow up in a church like this. I didn't grow up in church at all. But you study the book of Acts, and you see when people were baptized in the Holy Spirit, when they were filled with the Holy Spirit, when that anointing came on them, they prayed in the Spirit. In fact, this is the language that the Apostle Paul uses in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 4. For I, if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my mind's unfruitful. So what shall I do? I'll pray with my spirit. This is, that really should be a capital S, same word, Holy Spirit. But I'll also pray with my mind. I'll sing with my spirit, but I'll also sing with my mind. This wasn't something that they needed to say a whole lot more because it was just natural. It was just probably, my guess is every person that the Apostle Paul is writing to is someone who has received that personal prayer language that we see in the book of Acts. So he's saying, listen, I'm going to pray with my spirit. I'm going to pray in the spirit. There's something powerful. When you pray in that prophetic speech, that, that, that prayer language that, that God gives you when you're baptized in the Holy Spirit, you are praying the perfect will of God every time, and you're prophesying. You're speaking God's words. You're praying, and the Holy Spirit's interceding through you. I've talked about that other times, but I just want to hit that. That's definitely part of this. Now let's, let's continue on. 
um, G, uh, the Apostle Paul says, now when you pray in the Spirit, pray in the Spirit on all occasions. So here's the idea. Always pray about everything. In fact, I encourage you to pray specifically. I like to pray specifically. encourage you to pray specifically. And pray about everything. Pray specifically. And what I find is I often get specific answers if I pray specific prayers. So we're doing that. Now, now let's connect this all back into our text. Because as we connect it back into the text and we look at this full armor of God, prayer activates this armor. And let me, let me just now give you some action points. In fact, that right there, um, don't put your notes down. Don't close your Bibles. Don't go out to the bathroom one more time or get one more cup of coffee or think you're going to beat everyone else to Rulies. Don't. Just relax. But I'm going to invite the worship team to come up. Worship team, would you come up? That's my message right there. Now what we're going to do, though, is we're going to practice putting this into action. Listen, we have talked for the past, what, six weeks, more or less, about putting on the full armor of God. All right? Am I right? Okay, so we've talked about it. Now let me share with you what this looks like to put it into action. In fact, 25 years ago, as I was a college student, I started doing this. I started praying this off and on. Um, I, don't, I don't pray through the full armor of God every day, but often I would and I do. And I do it in such a way that I, I, I kind of go out of the biblical order and I start just at the top and just work my way down. And so let me tell you what, what I'm going to lead you in over the next few moments. You ready for this? We are going to pray on the full armor of God. We're going to literally pray it on. And if you haven't been in here for, uh, for all the, the different messages on the armor, um, then I'm going to just give a little synopsis. I'm going to give a little synopsis of what it looks like to have the helmet of salvation. I'm going to give you a little synopsis of what that is. And then what we're going to do is we're going to pray that on. And I'm going to talk about the breastplate of righteousness. Then we're going to pray that on. The belt of truth, the sword of the spirit, which is where we're going to pray that on. We're going to go through the whole armor, and I'm going to invite you into my prayer time and just show you as an example. This is, if, if some of you who would say, Scott, I'm really not a very good prayer. I just, I'm not very good at this. I just, I don't know. I, I have a hard time. If all you did the rest of your life was pray, like we're getting ready to pray right now, the rest of your life, you're going to have one of the best prayer lives of anyone in this room. I'm telling you, if, if, if you just pray on and pray through, there's some things that I'll add in during my prayer time, and I'll tell you that um, as I'm praying through the full armor of God. But on the back of your notes, there's a guy. And my goal is in giving you these notes, especially this week, is that you would maybe even take this, stick it in the back of your Bible. When we're done, we're not done yet, but stick it in the back of your Bible, stick it somewhere where we'll have it. And when you're struggling to pray, pull this out and just pray through the full armor of God. So what we're going to do right now is we're going we're gonna to pray through the helmet of salvation. Do you remember what the helmet of salvation was? I think Jeremy shared a great message. on. I don't think, I know he did. I watched it. Jeremy shared a great message on the, on the, uh, the helmet of salvation, right? You put that helmet on. And, and you're, you're protecting some pretty vital organs that are up there, right? And, and the big thing that I love what he said and we need to understand is we got to pray, Lord, renew my mind. Because I'm saved. I'm covered by the blood of Jesus. Now, I'm born again. And I'm committed to not only a one-time salvation commitment, but I want to see my mind renewed. You see, when you come to Christ, you come warts and all, right? I mean, you don't get all gussied up and, okay, i got to get some things figured out, then I'm going to come to Jesus. No, you come to Jesus and say, okay, Jesus, help me get some things figured out. And one of the big things is out of the, uh, the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And what that means is that what's in your heart, what's in your mind will come out in your actions. 
And so I gotta change my mind. I gotta renew my mind. Scriptures like Romans 12, 2, do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and prove what God's will is. Scriptures like Ephesians 4, 23, to be made new in the attitude of your mind. 2 Corinthians 5, 17, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. I'm a new creation. I put on that helmet of salvation. I'm a new creation. The old has gone. The new has come. Guard my mind. How do we pray? Can we do this right now? Let's put on the helmet of salvation. Would you join me right now in a time of prayer? Come on, just a, just a couple moments. Let's just pray this on. Heavenly Father, you know what we're, we're getting ready to focus on this week. You know what's what's going to uh, uh, be confronting us this week. You know what we're going to... But right now, we just put on the helmet of salvation. And we thank you that we are saved by the blood of Jesus. What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. I thank you that I'm a child of God. I thank you that I am born again. I thank you that I have a hope. I have a purpose. I thank you that I'm not just here by chance, but you've got a plan for my life. And I thank you. I speak that over my life. And I pray right now that you'd renew my mind. Renew my mind. The way, and if there's anything you're struggling with right now, if there's anything you're struggling with right now, that, that you know you got what, what some may call stinking thinking about something. Maybe it's about your marriage, about your kids, about your future, about your job. Right now, say, God, I just repent. And I pray right now, would you renew my mind in every area? Renew my mind. I want to think thoughts that are godly thoughts, positive thoughts, that God is in control, full of faith. Renew my mind. I don't want to be a negative Nelly. I want to be full of faith, trusting that God's working, even in the, the, the most despicable situations I see myself in. God, I thank you. I put on the helmet of salvation today. I'm walking in faith today. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Okay, okay. You got that one? Now let's put on the breastplate of righteousness. We talked about the breastplate of righteousness. Remember two things about this. I am positionally made righteous through Christ. Amen? I cannot save myself. I cannot redeem myself. I am positionally made righteous. I'm going to pray that. And I'm going to, I'm going to pray the practical righteousness, which is I'm going to live my life in such a way that I'm going to live out righteousness. I choose to protect my thinking, my emotions, my will, all my decisions, my life with righteousness. Isaiah chapter 64 says what? My righteousness is as filthy rags. Romans 3.10 says, as written, there's no one righteous, not even one. And so when the enemy comes at me, and he will, and tries to tell me how horrible of a Christian I am, I'm going to throw it right back in his face and say, you know what, I'm standing here covered. I'm going to, the old timers would say it this way, I'm going to plead the blood of Jesus. I just plead the blood of Jesus over me. I'm covered and redeemed and sanctified. Can we just pray this breastplate of righteousness? Come on, join me. Come on. Heavenly Father, right now as I face this week, as I face uh, things happening in my kids' lives and my marriages, I stand complete. I am positionally made righteous in Christ. I thank you that it's not by any works that I've done. It's not by anything that I've accomplished, but it's only through the blood of Jesus Christ and His resurrection that I am positionally made right before you. And I receive that. I will not work for my salvation. I just receive it today, and I will practically live it out. I have practical righteousness. I will, I will submit my will, my emotions, my thinking, my decisions to the will of God, and I put on that breastplate of righteousness for this week. And I trust you, God. I trust you. Work this out in my life. 
I need you, God, that breastplate of righteousness. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen, amen. Isn't this good? You've already prayed through two pieces of the armor. Let's go to the third. You ready for this? Sword of the Spirit. Wow, wasn't that a great message last week? If you missed it, this is this is the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. You need a word. You need a word. Sometimes that word may be just a, a word for the year. Maybe God gives you just in a season, maybe it's a year, whatever. I'm just standing on this word. I believe this is God's word for me. I've done that before. We've done that as a church. We just stand on that word. Maybe it's for a specific situation. Ask God to give you a scripture. Say, God, what's a scripture I can really stand on? I need something just to hang on to. Uh, not just, this is, this is all the logos of God. This is the word of God. All of it's good. Take it, pray it, live it. But there are times when God wants to give you a rhema word. That's a Greek term, rhema. He wants to give you a specific word for a specific situation. What is it? You know, for me, um, you're like, Scott, I don't know. I don't have any scriptures. What? Psalm 37, 1, delight yourself in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart. That's a good one to start with. Say, Lord, help me to delight myself in you and all that that means. And I believe you're going to give me the desires of my heart. And I lay all my desires out before you and I pray your will be done. You get what I'm saying? You take a scripture. A couple, couple of months ago, there was a dedication that was happening here in the community and they asked me to come and pray. Do you know, before I, I, I went, I said, Lord, give me a scripture. And, I, and I, he gave me a scripture, and I prayed that scripture in the midst of that. I'm, I'm, I'm not lying to you at all. I'm telling you the truth. Since, as soon as I prayed that, that, that prayer and I used that scripture, I looked around, and there were people crying over the, after the prayer. I've had four people since that day. Just a couple weeks ago, it happened again. Four people come and say, I still remember that prayer. Let me tell you, Scott's words, eh. The word of God lasts forever. The word of God will not return void. You get a message from God. You get a verse from God for your kids and say, this is the one I'm standing on for you, son. Daughter, listen to me. I don't care where you're at, but I want to tell you, I'm standing for our marriages, for our future as a family. I'm standing on the word of God, and I'm holding on to this. Come on, let's get a word. Let's pray. God, we just right now, we take the, uh, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. There's something powerful about the word of God. And I just pray right now. We just pray just a generic prayer. 37 verse 1, Psalm 37 verse 1. We just pray it right now. God, I will delight myself in you. I will put myself uh, before you. I humble myself before you. I want to please you. I put you number one. I will seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. I'm going to delight myself in you. And I'm trusting right now that you're going to give me the desires of my heart. Because I know many of the desires of my heart completely line up with yours. And I want all of my desires to line up with yours. I submit my desires of my heart to you, Lord. And I, I pray until the day every one of my children gets saved, born again, full of your spirit, walking in the divine will of God for their life. I'm trusting you. I'm believing you. And I'm believing for my future. I'm believing for my community. I'm believing for a move of God that will shake the hardest of hearts. And God, that you'll move. And God, I just we just delight ourselves in you. And we believe you'll give us the desires of our heart. We, we take on that sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And I pray that you would help us, God. Help us to understand the power of praying scripture in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Okay, three things. Helmet of salvation, breastplate of righteousness, sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. I forgot to say this. When I'm praying over the helmet of salvation, 
often what I'll do is I'll throw out three names. I, I usually always have at least three people that are not saved that I'm praying for. I'm saying, God, use me to, to find, to help point them to Jesus. Okay, that's helmet of salvation, breastplate of righteousness, sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Stay with me. The shield of faith. Shield of faith. Everything I'm facing, I will face in the light of my faith in a great big God. This faith will be a shield about me, protecting me from every fiery dart the enemy may bring at me. Declare every statement of faith you can think of from Scripture. And when you take out that shield of faith, you just declare it. When you see the, something isn't going the direction you know it should go, the will of God is this way and it's going this way, that's when we take out that shield of faith and say, not so, not in my family, not in my community, not in my school system, not in the place where I live because this is holy. Every place I put my feet, I declare is holy ground. It's awesome. God is moving in me, through me. Come on, let's just pray faith right now. God, I pray the shield of faith. I pray for every person in this room, every one of us, we pray together right now. We take up our shield of faith. And when the devil's sending doubt, when the devil's sending disbelief, when the devil's sending fiery darts to try to take us out, to take us down, we will take our stand. We will take our stand. And Lord, whatever's going to face us this week, whatever's going to happen this week, we stand against it. Whatever the, the enemy's gonna bring at us right now, we're gonna take up our shield of faith and we're gonna trust you, God. We're gonna rest in you. Even when we see things for, for months and maybe even years going a direction that we know is not your direction, we will take our stand, take out that shield of faith, and we'll trust you. We'll rest in you, knowing that you are gonna completely control and give guidance and direction to us in our lives. God, we'll rest in you. And God, even like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, we know you can, but even if you don't and you choose to move a different way, we're still not gonna bow to the idols. We're still not gonna, we're not gonna um, give in to man. We're not gonna be fearful of man. We're not gonna be fearful of what people will say about us. We're gonna take up our shield of faith and we're gonna trust you, God. In Jesus' name we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, just two more. Now, we spent a lot of time talking about the belt of truth, but I just got to say this one more time. If we don't get the belt of truth correct, ask Jesus. That's Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. If we don't get Jesus at the center of everything, dare I say our girdle, I'm going to say a girdle from the, from the stage, I say girdle. If we don't get our girdle on, which the breastplate kind of would often connect to and other pieces would connect to. If we don't get that at our core, Jesus, if Jesus isn't at our core, then it throws everything else off, right? How can we have any righteousness if we don't have Jesus? How do we have any peace? Our feet with peace if we don't have Jesus. True peace. How do we have salvation without Jesus? So we, we put that belt on. And when I pray over that belt, I pray something like this. I embrace and I gird myself with the truth of, I'm reading right off of this little half sheet. Gird myself with the truth of who God is, what God has done, what God has said. Jesus is at my core. Let the voice of truth drown out the father of lies in my life and I'll recognize lies as lies, declare them as dead to me. Come on. Let's, let's just declare this over our lives for this week. Come on. Heavenly Father, we put on that belt of truth. We're almost done with this armor, but right now I cannot pass up the belt of truth. Jesus be at the center of my life. 
Jesus, be at the center of my children. Jesus, be at the center of my marriage. Jesus, be at the center of my pastor. Jesus, be at the center of my church, of my community, of my, my nation. Jesus, we need you. Be at the center. We put on that belt of truth, integrity, and honesty, all those. But ultimately, we put on Jesus. And all that Jesus, in the beginning was the Word. Jesus is the Word. The Word made flesh. And I pray that over my life. I pray that over my family. I pray that over my family. Right now, my marriage. I pray that truth that, 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 that uh, everything just connects to is that declaration that Jesus is my truth. Jesus is my way. There is no other truth. I declare it over my life. There is no other truth but the truth of Jesus Christ and the truth of the Word of God. And I, I just I pray that into my, my life, my kids' lives, my family's lives, my church's life, that we would understand the power of truth. And Jesus is the way, the truth. He defines truth. And I walk in that. In Jesus' name, I put on that. Activate that belt of truth. Amen. Now let me just do one more. That's the last one. Feet fitted with the shoes. <laughs> Feet. Let's remember Jesus left a place of peace, heaven, so that he could come to a place of war, earth. I mean, just imagine how much God loves you just by doing that one act. But if Jesus can walk in peace in the midst of the battle, I mean, you think you got it hard? Have you ever had someone try to push you off a cliff? And then you're just like, go, go, gadget, sleuth. And you just slide right out of the crowd. That's what Jesus did. I mean, you think you had it hard? Think about all the times your whole life. Have you ever had someone that you just felt like was out to get you? You're just like, why? Why are they so against me? Why are they so mad at me? I don't understand. How about this? Living a, a good year or two at least of your life, at the end of Jesus' life, where they weren't just out they didn't just not like you, they were out to kill you. And especially the last six months. I mean, everywhere he went, he knew in the back of his mind, these people are plotting to try to kill me. Not to try to get me fired from my job, not to try to get me out of their lives, not to try to get me to move away from them because they don't like the way this you know, happens or I park too many cars in my driveway or whatever it is. It, you think that's hard? Try getting for months and even years people wanting to take you out, kill you. And Jesus was able to what? Have peace in the midst of that. If he can have peace, in fact, as we studied this, I shared the message with you. You can go back and listen to it. But this is the way I would, through the gospel, I can have peace and I can give peace. What does this mean? The feet fitted with, a, uh, with shoes, a gospel of peace. In fact, let me read it. Uh, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. Because I have the gospel of peace, I can have peace. And because I have the gospel of peace, I'm gonna give peace. How lovely on. The feet of him. The mountains are the feet of him who bring good news, who announce what? Peace. 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 Peace that comes when someone receives Jesus Christ at the core of their life. And, and, and let's just remember, um, uh, the ultimate goal is not peace at all costs. The ultimate goal is that all people find the peace of Jesus Christ. And what that means is that sometimes... Um, we, we may, in the midst of the battle, 
we, we may feel like, man, I'm just so tired of, I'm just gonna back off. But is that the most loving thing you can do? Sometimes the most loving thing you can do is step in and present truth and stir it up and let those people be challenged to get their lives right with Jesus Christ. I, I've shared more of the message, but as we pray this, let's just pray. The Lord will give you peace and declare it over your life and that God would use you to share peace with others. Come on. Heavenly Father, we dig in our feet. Uh, we put on our sandals today. We put on our sandals. We don't know what we're going to face this week, but you do. And so we put on our sandals and we dig in and we're going to take our stand. We're going to take our stand and we're going to stand against the power of the enemy in every area of our lives. And we're going to walk in peace. When the devil brings his lies, we're not going to listen. We're going to push away. We're going to push those back. And we're going to stand in what we know. If Jesus Christ could have peace as he lived on this, on this earth, then I know I can have peace. And so, Lord, I just pray peace over our lives, peace over our marriages, peace over our children. I pray peace and rest as we rest in you. And, Lord, I, I pray that you would use us, God, to share the greatest peace of all, and that's the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, that he came, lived, died, rose again, and he wants to change our lives. There is hope in the cross. There is hope in Jesus. There is hope in the resurrection. And God, would you anoint us, fill us with your Holy Spirit so that we can share the truth of the peace that can only come through the gospel of Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray peace right now and give us wisdom how to be peacemakers, how to share the truth, get shared in love and put it forward. Not to back off, but give us boldness to walk in peace. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. Woo. So that right there was, what, about 10, 15 minutes? Yeah. If you had a 10, 15-minute prayer time every day, what would that do for you? I think that would bolster you spiritually. If you're struggling with prayer, just pray this through. Hold on to this. Pray this through. And let's see what God does. Now, let me say one more thing. The question isn't, is there a fight? The question is, are you engaged in the fight? I've never, I've been pastoring this church now for over 20 years. It's over 20 years ago that we started Pathway. And I've never been so um, troubled at things that I see in our community and even in our nation. Um, but I've never been more sure that God is yet still wanting to use us to be an influence and impact on this community and on this nation. We can't throw in the towel. This is not the time to be fearful of man. Hear me. You, if you do what we've been preaching the past six weeks plus, let me just tell you, just tell you right now, I'll be a, uh, let me prophesy this. You're going to lose friends. If you live everything we've just been talking about the past couple of weeks, you're gonna, there's going to be people that are in this community that aren't gonna, are going to end up not liking you. There's going to be people that thought great things about you. But the moment you start engaging in warfare is the moment there's, there's going to be people who are just like, I thought they were a good Christian. The truth of the matter, you are. You're standing for truth. Now, I'm, it's time. It, it, it's time to get off the sidelines. It's time to jump in. We don't have to be knuckleheads about it, but we must stand for truth in our community, in our nation, in our family. We can't, we don't, 
not just must. We don't have to. We don't have to just roll over. Prayer is the battle. Activate your faith. Activate the armor in your life through prayer. And we need to come with a heart of availability. Get off the sidelines and jump in. God will use you. He will anoint you. And there's going to be times when you don't even know exactly where you're stepping out to. I don't, I don't, let me just encourage you, like the disciples, Jesus is going to fill your mouth. He's going to give you the words to say. You step out in faith and you do it. Are you willing? That's really the question today. As we, as we summarize and finish this whole series, are you willing to engage in spiritual warfare? That's really where we're at. Can we sing this? Ah. Uh...